Hello and welcome to episode number 38 of the Ride With Me podcast. This is your host, Mufus Chaudhry. Listeners, I hope that you had an incredible weekend and are really looking forward to making this Monday amazing. As I suggested in the last week's episode called Make Mondays Awesome, I really hope you took some feedback, took some input, and learn to map out your week so that you can fall in love with Monday morning and get very excited for the remainder of the week and many weeks after that. In today's episode, I want to spend a bit of time sharing some thoughts about the conversation that is happening around public speaking. In many of my episodes, I share some stories that involve me laying down the foundations and really building my entire concept my entire branding around public speaking and all the different things that I've been doing to promote it. And I've been receiving a lot of questions since from people who want to enter the public speaking game that are asking for some feedback, asking for some input, asking for some things that they could watch out for. And I can truly appreciate for anyone that's trying to get into that game. I'm a keen public speaker lover myself. I found myself going out to a lot of events. If I'm not the speaker, I'm usually out there anyways, sitting in the audience and really observing the presentation that's being delivered by the speaker. Sometimes I'm listening to the key messages that are being passed on by the speaker and really taking in the message and hoping that it resonates with me. But other times, and more often than not, I'm actually observing the speaker and watching that the, the way that they deliver the message, their tactics, their strategies, their body language, their tonality, everything that they package together in order to deploy to the audience, this is something that I try to absorb as I'm sitting in the audience so that I could really learn from it. No matter how long I've been doing public speaking, no matter how much better I got at it over the last eight years, I'm still finding myself learning and adding new things to my repertoire so that every time I go out and deliver another presentation, I make it so my next event will always be my best event. And that's always been my rule of thumb, making the next event your best event. And this is something that I hope that you take in as a rule of thumb because what happens when you have that as your ultimate rule, you will always look for opportunities to get better. This means that every time you go out and watch someone speak, you're spending a lot of time learning the different methods that are being executed when they're delivering a presentation on stage. Also, when you're spending a lot of time speaking yourself, you're going to start being a critique. You're going to spend some time reviewing the things that you said, reviewing the feedback that you're receiving from the audience, and using that to massage your presentation and truly improve it over time. Now, I need to almost emphasize this. I should have probably said this at the very beginning, but it is important to note that the perspective that I'm sharing as a public speaker is a perspective of an introvert that freaks out every time he's about to get on stage. Every single time. And this may not be the case for everyone depending on the personality type. I know that public speaking is the biggest fear in the world, so I think a majority of you can relate to it. But it's important to note that my perspective is for my personality type, but I truly believe that no matter what your personality type is, you're going to gain some value from this conversation. And the reason I state the fact that I'm, I freak out before I get on stage and it's a big challenge for me is because this is something that I've been battling with for a very long time with many different areas in my life. I talk a lot about the chatterbox and it's only fair that I bring this back 
into this conversation because it's important to note that every time I'm about to go on stage, the chatterbox in my head starts trying to talk me out of it or makes me more nervous or puts thoughts in my head like maybe the audience will hate you or maybe you're going to bomb and fail. You know, I get all those little thoughts in my head and a big part of giving your best presentation involves learning to manage those thoughts. And I wish I could tell you it's easy. I really wish I could tell you that you could eliminate and silence those thoughts completely. But the reality is you can only get better at managing it. So a lot of your time before you get on stage is about learning to manage these things. Let me give you some real life examples. I love starting off my keynote presentation with a silly joke. Not like a knock knock joke, but I'll sometimes go up and make fun of myself. I'll go up and, you know, the person that introduces me to the presentation I'm about to deliver, I sometimes make fun of the fact that that person made me sound smarter than I really am and it makes the audience laugh. Sometimes I'll throw in some different things that makes the audience chuckle. But what that does, it it automatically relieves me. It makes me feel good knowing that everyone's in a good mood and they're at ease so that the pressure is off. So it's one of the rule of thumbs that I have in a lot of the presentations that I deliver. I also realize that the more that I throw it out there in public, the more I think that people will wait for it. You know, when I get in front of the room, they're waiting for that corny thing that I say at the very beginning that sets the mood, but it's okay. You know, I like to do it for the sake of lighting up the mood and I'm all for it. And I highly encourage that you find that one thing that you could do to relieve the pressure and make yourself feel a bit more relaxed. It may be about throwing a bit of humor in there, but it may be other things that you may find that's more relevant to you. I encourage you to figure out what that is and start utilizing it in all your presentations. The other thing I need to point out is that speakers will typically have nervous tics when they're feeling nervous or anxiety or they're freaking out. And this is completely normal. If you have a nervous tic, this is normal. Sometimes it's about the fact that your hands are shaking. Sometimes it's the fact that you're standing in one place but you're waving back and forth. Sometimes it's the fact that you're stuttering all of your words or you're speaking really fast, which is sometimes something that I'm even guilty of today. And it's all good. Like those things will happen and you need to number one, take in that it is normal. It's not unusual that it's happening to you. Everyone gets it, but it all comes down to managing it. And one of the great things about nervous tics is believe it or not, you can actually consciously control where those tics are. So you can't turn it off, but you can control where to shift that tick to. So a good example is my hand tends to shake a lot, which part of me thinks is part because of all the caffeine that I drink throughout the day. So I haven't quite pinpointed why that happens. But what I can do mentally and consciously is shift that tick to my toes. And the toes is a great thing because no one can really see my toes flapping up and down as I'm standing on stage because I'm wearing uh, typically dress shoes or sneakers during the presentation. So it gives me an opportunity to cover up and hide that tick so that it's not viewable to the public eye. A little fun fact for you, something that I haven't shared before. As I mentioned, I do have shaky hands. It's something that I have never been able to eliminate. And actually, when I, the first time I learned about it, was in grade seven when the teacher was showing the classroom how to do PowerPoint presentations. And all of us had to put a presentation together. It was about three or four slides, nothing major. It's about a five minute chat. And here's the thing. The topic was about you. It was about introducing yourself, sharing who you are, 
what country you're born in, and some fun facts like how many siblings do you have, where did you grow up, you know, what's your favorite color, what's your favorite food, something silly just to get the classroom used to the atmosphere of delivering presentations. So I got up, I put a presentation together, but I had a script in my hand. I had about two pages, two full-length papers in my hand as I walked up to read through the script because I was freaking out and I thought maybe it'll be easier for me to look down at my script instead of looking up at the audience. What I didn't realize until that day was how much my hand shakes that when I have a script in my hand, I start flapping the paper in front of the audience and it is super obvious based on how large the paper was and how loud the paper is when you're flapping it that the whole world saw me freaking out on stage. And I know I said the whole world, but this was really like 15 students, but it felt the whole it felt like the whole world to me. And I was there in front of the room paper flapping, I was shaking, and I was freaking out about the fact that my hand was shaking. And as a result of that, I was stumbling over my words where I couldn't even say my name. I was saying, hi, my name is, and then I I stuttered over my own name, and the classroom laughed. And the best thing ever that happened to me was the fact that there was a girl in the first row that got up while laughing, walked up to me, and just grabbed the paper off my hands and took the paper back with them. And, well, for the first time in history, the phone is ringing during this episode recording. But you know what? This is too good of an episode to throw away, so I'm just going to let it happen. I'm going to let that phone go, phone call go to voicemail, and we'll keep recording. But let me, let me finish this story. So the girl got up. She walked up to me. She grabbed the script off my hand and took the paper back with her, and she sat back down. And I was left standing up there with no script and I was asked by the teacher to continue without the script. So I went through the remainder of the presentation without a script, and I was very surprised with how well that I did. I didn't think I would do a great job in delivering that speech, but man, it went so well that the crowd loved it, and as much as it wasn't a fascinating topic, it was still something that everyone enjoyed as a result of me winging it and not having a script. And that, that meaningful in, uh, situation in my life actually changed me forever. Ever since that day, I promised myself that I would no longer hold on to a script while delivering a presentation. I would actually spend that time now getting up on stage, being very prepared and delivering that presentation to the audience based on the, the fact that I'm confident that I understand the topic well enough to deliver that presentation to the audience. So it actually improved my game. So listeners, the takeaway there is figure out where your nervous ticks are and find a way to adapt it, whether it means shifting the nervous tick into somewhere else that's a little easier to manage or find ways to change your delivery method so that you don't need to worry about the nervousness stopping you from doing the great things that you're trying to do on stage. The last thought I want to leave you with is get really, really good at storytelling. I talk about storytelling with many different things. When I'm speaking about branding, I push storytelling as a key way to get the message across and connect with other people, make it easy to resonate. I shared a bold statement in a previous episode where I said, people don't remember you for facts, people remember you for stories. And this is no different. 
There's a lot of speakers I see on stage that spend the entire presentation delivering their stats that they research so heavily, where you see at the bottom of the slide that they give credit to a credible resource for pulling out the stat, and that's great. I'm glad they did the research. I'm glad they're sharing their facts, but they really want their audience to leave with something meaningful. Share the story. Just like I shared my story way back in grade school, trying to figure out how to get this nervous hand right, and as a result of it, I eliminated my script. It's a lot easier for me to tell you that, and a lot more powerful for me to tell you that, than to just tell you to lose the script or just tell you to shift the nervousness to your toes. So think about how you can associate your key messages with a valuable story in your life, no matter how big or small. Don't underestimate the size of the story, because sometimes the stories that you think are small are actually huge and life-changing for the audience. I still hear from a lot of people that uh, reach out to me that heard me speak at an event and they shared the stories that they remember and it's usually the things that were such a small piece in my life but it's something that stuck with them forever so please take my word on it deliver a story with your message and over time find ways to make that the best story ever improve your storytelling style listen to yourself and this is one of the reasons why I used to walk around with an audio recorder at many presentations that I used to deliver and it was something that gave me the opportunity to listen back and uh, really pay attention to how I delivered that story and then over time spend time crafting a better version of that story not to say to change the story just better the communication method of that story. Sometimes you may need to pull out one or two parts and that's great. Sometimes you could add another key component and that makes it better. Really put some thought behind that story and then deploy it to the audience and listen to the feedback. I think you'll really enjoy the feedback that you get because years from now, people will reach out to you and they'll give you feedback about the things they remember from your talk And man, does it feel good knowing that the time that you put in to deliver that one story forever stayed in that person's mind and really made an impact. Listeners, thank you for listening. But I really think I need to answer this phone call. It seems like an urgent one. So I'm going to end this short. But I'm going to put this one out there because I think there's a lot of good messages that you could benefit from. But please take the time managing your feelings, managing the anxiety and then focusing on good storytelling. I think those two alone will take you a long way. Thanks again. Have a great start to the week, and I'll speak to you on Wednesday. Take care.